Hey everyone, welcome to Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Sierra. I'm Colin. And tonight we're going to be talking about two Robert Eggers films, really the only two that are out. Um, we're going to be talking about The Vivich. The Witch. The Witch and <laughs> The Lighthouse. Um, and also some other stuff. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll ease our way into those two movies. Okay, before we talk about the movies, Colin, what's your first name? Is it Colin? My first name is Brad, but I've never gone by Brad. You don't sound like a Brad. Yeah, I think that's probably why I never, you know, I'm not like, <laughs> it feels like such a fucking 80s movie villain. <laughs> well, it's like, the, the it's like, I just pictured the kid, it was like the button up shirt that does coke off his dad's uh, office desk. Office desk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he has like the popped polo collar. Exactly. That's, that's And you probably tie a sweater around your shoulders. That's, I, yeah. Is that the what? vibe you get from it too? Well, that starts happening when people call me Brad too much. Like, you start, uh, like, popping colors The, the on persona your comes out. <laughs> fucking cocaine starts pouring out of my nose. It's Can you mess. please be that for Halloween? <laughs> Personal question. Does your wife call you Brad when she gets angry? Nah, so my mom calls me Brad Cullen um, if she's either angry or, like, trying to get my attention or something. She's like, Brad Cullen. I'm like, huh? Like, I know to shut the fuck up. I'm like, yes, <laughs> My mom is speaking now. Be silent. Okay, yeah. do you have any more random questions to ask her? Are we good, Sierra? <laughs> um, no, that's it for today. All right, so... I'll, I'll something kind of, like, just while we we're talking about that, it's not, like a weird thing about that, is that the reason I'm not called Brad is in, I guess, when I was, like, a year old, somewhere, like, within my first year of life, um, I was called Brad, but then my brother, who's 13 years older than me, um, he got into some shit with a kid at school named Brad, who he thought was a dick, which, as we know, most Brads in the 80s were, in fact, dicks. Doing coke so, off your dad's desks, yeah. That's right. Yeah, coke dig Brads. So, uh, Holman was like, look, man, we can't call him Brad anymore, because of, you know, he explained the coke and the pop collars and like, stuff. <laughs> They wear sunglasses inside at nighttime. <laughs> yeah. And that was where they drew the line. They're like, well, take the fucking sunglasses off this baby. <laughs> you ruined our whole plans for his future. His yeah. collar was already halfway popped. Yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing a baby being a douchebag. Right now. A baby doing coke. <laughs> no, that's bad. We can't say that. <laughs> but, all right, so... um. The first thing I want to do, I don't know if you guys did it or not, but uh, we we had all talked earlier in the week about having a, a weekly recommendation or however often we put this okay. show out. Um, I, I wanted to try and keep it indie related, but I know that there's not always going to be like cool indie projects. Did anybody that stand get us back? Because we were like every posting. Week. I post all over the place. I, I had a like one person. One. Me. That's because our reach yeah. isn't that big these days. Yeah. Um, it's okay. We'll get there. But it, it doesn't have to be um, indie. It could be really anything if that you guys are into this week. But I want to put the recommendations in the beginning of the episode so that if people don't want to listen to our whole episode because they, like, I don't know, fucking hate us, they can say, okay, maybe this well, other stuff. Well, that's so kind, of, <laughs> kind of you because I would be like, put it at the end and make them fucking listen. No. <laughs> or no, put it in, like, the middle randomly. So that they really have to search for it. <laughs> so, Colin, did you have any recommendations for the week? Um, well, so since no one 
came, like uh, reached out to me. Actually, one person did. Um, so it was for another podcast that actually covers something horror related. So um, just since that was the only person that I got as far as the indie world, I would say um, the Serenicide podcast is um, something that exists. I, I don't. <laughs> Like I think it's pretty good. They have a bunch of episodes, and the, what I, I honestly haven't listened to too much of it, so uh, don't hold me to it. But I think it's pretty good from what I did hear. Uh, <laughs> They're gonna listen to this and be like, "Thanks for the shout out." I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I like so. Hey, check out these. I'm trying to make sure that's the the, the right name because it happened early on. Well, every, and, everything that we plug, I'm gonna put in like the descriptions for the episode and all the posts on social media and stuff. So, um. So yeah. Okay, there it is. It's the Serena Side podcast. Serenicide. Check that out. Sure yeah, S I R E N I C I D E. Um, I honestly don't know too much about it. Um, I know that they do um, like horror, maybe horror adjacent type stuff, um, and it seems to be fairly well produced. So, uh, and I know some good friends of mine think it's pretty cool. So I would recommend checking that out. We always trust our friends' opinions. So. <laughs> I would I would say that it's probably good then. My friends my friends have really bad taste, so usually whatever they suggest, I just automatically say, "Man, that sucks." And no, friend, <laughs> we're not talking about you. Um, and real fast, I will also say that since I just got an update from the Indiegogo campaign, that Never Hike in the Snow is still um, that started principal photography within this past month, maybe a couple weeks. Even. I, I think it was a couple days ago because they were oh, waiting to get some snow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that shit's going to look great. And then outside the indie world, real fast, I saw The Invisible Man, and it's fucking amazing. I want to see oh, it so bad. really excited yeah. to see that. Yeah. So good, dude. Cool. Sierra, do you have any recommendations for the week? Uh, I feel like I ha- like other like this week I watched the movies that we're covering. Yeah, we did um, watch those. <laughs> I feel like I've been, you know, I don't, I gotta sleep, so I don't. It doesn't have to be anything you watch this week, but mm. something that you want people See, to check out. yeah, I mean, I, I don't really watch too many more recent ones, so most of the stuff I watch, you've probably mostly seen. <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay. I have a, <laughs> I have a few, so I I'm going to throw out a few. I have, I have a recommendation that you should listen to Dylan. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I have a few. I'm going to start with podcasts first, um. I'll always plug the hell out of Larry's podcast, um, Creature Features. Is it back officially? Has yeah, he he's put been, out his episodes? Yeah, he's been doing monthly. Um, he just did for February a Women in Horror Month episode, and he's doing something really and cool And he now. didn't call me to be on it? Nope. Call him out. Larry? <laughs> you little bitch. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's the last time I call you Chunky. <laughs> he, uh, so he switched to a monthly format um, for these last few episodes, and... I really like what he's doing with it. So he's been having like roundtable discussions um, with different people in the community based on not me, based on uh, <laughs> like a certain topic for that episode. And then he'll have his movie review, um, some interviews in the episode, and it's kind of just like everything that he was doing before on like a weekly basis. 
mushed into one montage of a monthly show. Lawrence, you fuck up like this again and giving your address out to people. You don't have an address. Uh, you might. You're creepy. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I do. Um, he invited us over to watch a movie if we could find it. He did. Uh, another uh, podcast, Objectively Subjective, they just put out their first episode and I listened to it. I loved it. It's not... I know that they're going to do horror-related episodes, but it's kind of more like a pop culture thing. So their first episode was um, five... Top five... Uh, I know who's podcast. Yeah, okay. Top five video game movies. And basically what they're going to do every episode is have, like, a top five list that they go down. And I don't know why, but I fucking love, like, tier lists and top five lists. I'll look up, like, a random topic and look, like, ranking this and pull it up. And uh, so... I'm excited to see what else they put out. Guess here. You can watch Hanukkah. Yeah, that was one of my other ones. Watch Hanukkah. I watched that movie. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, um, Hanukkah. We watched that. And it's like watching a great '80s horror movie, but with Jewish people. Yeah, it was really good. It was actually a lot more brutal than I was expecting. I really liked all the fun Jewish Hanukkah jokes. Yeah, but um, there's a lot of throwbacks to like '80s horror and stuff. It was Sid Haig's last movie, and he was actually really terrifying it's actually in it. Like a- there's like a really? lot of people in it. Yeah, um, it was a really creepy movie. It was brutal. It had funny parts, obviously. Yeah, it, was, it had that cheesy. Like, yeah, it definitely like it, it comes across very similar to like an '80s slasher. Like the teens are funny and they're like hanging and doing things they shouldn't be doing. You know, sex and stuff. But it is, it is brutal. Sinning. It is brutal. I will say that. It is. It is, and it's like, you know, I feel like you you've seen um, Black Christmas and like. All those Christmas horror movies, and they're like, they're good, but they're like, yeah, it's a Christmas horror movie. It's like a gimmick. Yeah. yeah. And I was kind of expecting it to be the same thing, but this is like a much more sincere horror film, I think, than the gimmicky Christmas. So I, yeah, I went in expecting a really cheesy movie, and the first scene came on, and it was genuinely, like, really creepy. Yeah. And Sierra's like, I'm actually really, like, kind of creeped out by this. The only problem is is that we got the VHS, and we're not sure. I'm not think We don't think it's an intentional, right? We've decided. It wasn't, But the the VHS... um, Halfway through the movie, the picture kept cutting out. It just cuts out, like, when you've watched a VHS 45 million times. Yeah. Yeah. It starts doing that shit. But it just came out on, like, Blu-ray and stuff, or it's releasing in, like, a few weeks on Blu-ray. Yeah, we we only got it on, well... We, Dylan collects VHSs, but we got it on VHS because we got it from the guy who produced it or directed yeah. it or something, and he hadn't released it yet, but he was selling it at Mad Monster Party that we went to two weeks ago. Yeah. So we were, like, one of the first people that were able to see it, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. So, um, I have two more, and then I'm going to stop rambling. I um, just remembered that I had a suggestion, and I was so happy. Yeah, um... So one was, uh, I had somebody reach out to me. I have this app on my phone. Um, I guess this is also kind of a plug, but uh, there's an app called Slasher. And it's pretty much like social media for strictly like horror fans. So there's like recommendations. Have any creepy girls hit on you yet? No, I don't, I don't, I haven't really posted too much on there. Um, actually, uh, Darcy, the male girl, Diana from, uh, Joe Bob Briggs. She just made an account and like added everybody on there and stuff. So, um, and I talked to one guy for a little bit. Um, the guy who played, um, the one killer in strangers pray at night with the bag over his head. He was also in haunt recently. Uh, he just made an account and like, I was talking to him a little bit on there. Um, but somebody reached out to me, 
Uh, it's face mount features, and I'll link everything for the episode, obviously. But uh, they made a short... Uh, he shared his first film that he made. It's called Night of the Axe. And he wants to make like a full-length version of it later this year. And he has another one coming out soon. Um, that's a short film. And it was pretty well done. I enjoyed it. It's about 20 minutes long, and it, it had like a little classic slasher feel to it. Uh, nice. The effects were really great. Uh, I, I enjoyed it because you could tell that it was made. It wasn't like a low-budget movie. It was a no-budget movie. Mm-hmm. And they worked with what they had and were pretty innovative. And it, yeah. it turned out pretty good. Um, I'm excited to see like a full-length version. And I'll be following along with more that they put out. So I'll link all of that on here. And the last one, I was on YouTube and randomly it popped up. But it's from like two years ago. And it was this five-minute short film called Larry. Um, Did you? I didn't watch this. No, I watched it when I was home the other day. But uh, it 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 was a little cheesy. It, but it it reminded me of like classic like Goosebumps, scary stories kind of kind of uh, short film. So I'll I'll link all of that. But those are my plugs for the week. I, there was a lot. Don't forget Horror Haven podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna have to limit my my plugs in the future. So <laughs> plugs. Plugs. You and your internet lingo recommendation kids these days with their willy eyelash records <laughs> <laughs> willy eyelash billy billy eyelash oh shit all right cool um did we kill colin with our bad dad jokes probably no i'm listening Man, I'm, I'm taking notes over here <laughs> um dylan I... got really high scores like he's like level 10 dad already he practiced real hard and he's been studying I can hear the cargo pockets growing. I'm not good at the parenting aspect, but as far as like the, you know, he got the jokes down. The He's new balance and the dad jokes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he mows the lawn real nice. Yeah. Um I, I do want to talk a little bit about the Candyman trailer cuz that dropped yesterday. People are very mad about it. That's Why? what I got. From I've it. seen a lot of mixed stuff. There's no Tony Todd. Where's Tony Todd yeah. at? <laughs> yeah. No, Tony Todd, where are you, buddy? <laughs> Bring Tony, hashtag bring Tony Todd back. So I. That's why. From the trailer, I don't think it looks bad. I don't think it looks great. Don't think it looks bad. I think it looks like a modern. Yeah. I'm going to throw a name on this movie to make money movie. It essentially, it it was exactly what I expected it to be. Mm -hmm. As far as the trailer goes, obviously I haven't seen the movie yet, but I'm not expecting it to be great. I'm not expecting it to be terrible. So I'm excited for it. Um. Because it's a new Candyman movie. Yeah. And I, 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 I always take, like, like, it may suck. I don't think that it will, but it, it may. Um, but I always try to play that advocate side because, like, the 2009, Friday the 13th that everybody hated, I fucking loved it. I love I that love one, movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was so fun. People it was that are, fixed. like, super fans just get very offended and, like, you know what I mean? Like... I, I am the biggest Friday the 13th fan. Like, I feel like I'm a super fan of that shit. And, I, I, I mean, I get the complaints of those people, but fuck those people, man. Scene? It's a new... It's a Jason in a new fucking movie. Like, what you can't ask... You can't get everything. Yeah. Uh, the 2009 Friday the 13th was my favorite, all-time favorite movie theater experience because... Oh, my God. We it went, was so good. <laughs> we went and saw the movie and... Um, it was spoil, all of my Spoiler siblings. for an 11-year-old movie, if you're listening. But um, it starts out and, like, everybody's dying so fast. And everybody in the theater was getting so pissed off. They're like, 
what the fuck? Everybody's already almost dead. And like, it's like 20 minutes into the movie and he goes to uh, attack the girl with the machete and it pops up like the title screen, Friday the 13th. And everyone in the theater just started applauding. And I was like, yes. Yeah, we all yeah. stood up and applauded. And it was like, it was just cool. It came out on Valentine's Day or we saw it on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And it was me, Dylan, and all five of my siblings and their significant others. Yeah, it was a lot it of fun. It was wild. It was a good time. I think so, my brother was home on deployment and he paid for everybody. It was yeah. dope. We're <laughs> uh, sitting in the theater. Um, Josh, my buddy who always helps me with like all my movies and stuff that I do. As soon as it started and you see that group walking through the woods, he leans over and whispers, he goes, oh man, all those people are going to die before the credits start. I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd have to know Josh, but he's got this really like dismissive way about like any concern you may have. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, fine. They're... <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, man. And sure enough, they all fucking died. I was like, huh. Well, this guy knows a lot about movies. <laughs> like, yeah, but, like, what? did it, like, ruin that whole stuff? Like, because, like, that was, like, the best part. Like, not the best part of the movie, but that was the best part of the theater experience was that, like, For everybody us, yeah. was, like, oh, this is, like, what? what's the whole movie going to be about? And then it was, like, we realized, like, that was just the opening scene. Well, it was really dumb on our part, too, because, like... We were young. We had watched the trailer for it, and I'm like, I, I should have known, like, okay, none of the people that were in the trailer for the movie were in okay. any of this. <laughs> All right, yeah, but we have to understand this about Dylan then and Dylan today. Dylan today rewatches the same trailer 400 times until he sees the movie because he gets very excited. I do. Dylan then watched the trailer once and said, huh, I want to see that. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. About, so, sounds about right. It's a very different Dylan. <laughs> He was also sick. I was. But, and I um, was pissed. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'll wait until we see more with the whole Candyman thing. I am excited, too, because they said that Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd are going to have, like, some role in the movie. So I'm excited to see how they play them into it. I'm hoping it's not just, like, a quick flashback where it shows them, like, and like a, or, like, a short recap of the first movie or anything. But maybe we'll see. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, like that's the thing is like with remakes, it's like, did anybody bitch that um, Bruce Campbell wasn't in Evil Dead for the entire movie? He just like had a short cameo at the very end. Like, no, shut the fuck up. Are you gonna be mad that Gunnar Hansen only played Leatherface in one fucking movie? No, you're not. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, there's like four or five different Jasons. So shut the fuck up. There's Why do you care so much that there's like, <laughs> I was just throwing out numbers. You know what I mean? Like, wh- that's not something to complain about. I mean, like, if you successfully remake it and it's a good movie, who, like, I mean, it, it's cool when they, they give you that little treat of having the original actors in it. But, like, well, this is supposed to if be it's like well a made, it's not necessary. Sequel. It's supposed to be a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. They're pulling a Halloween 2018. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not absolutely necessary if you can make the movie well without them. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I understand being a fan, but at some point it's like, let people have a different vision of what it is because if they try and remake it exactly what's the point i don't remember if this was a rumor or if they confirmed this recently but i know that they were talking recently about doing a scream five was that confirmed <laughs> there's too uh, many screams blumhouse uh, was trying to do i don't know if it was scream five or something in the screen no they're fucking what was that i saw no that was craft that i saw but yeah blumhouse was talking about doing uh, a scream and a, an adaptation of scream in some way. I don't know if it was a direct sequel or something, but 
So yeah, I don't was... know if um, I don't know if this is confirmed because I didn't hear it from her mouth. But when we were at the convention, um, Nev Campbell was there, and she, I heard somebody talking about how he had asked her about the craft remake, and she said that she was offered a role in the movie. And after reading the script and everything, she turned it down because she didn't like... The direction. She didn't like the direction the movie was taking whatsoever. Like, she wasn't in support of it at all. (laughs) So, I'm not very big on the craft, so, I mean... Yeah, he watched it for the first time the other day with me, and he was like, this is dumb. Yeah. Well, you can't get into it at, at this point in time. Like, at this age, I don't feel you can appreciate it. But I was a teenage boy when that shit came out already well in love with nev campbell by that point yeah but she wasn't even the pretty one in that one you know like she was like the fucking scarred up burn victim at first then she got like all of her witchcraft shit and she got super hot yeah and she was like she's like i'm gonna start tying up my shirts yeah yes dude when she came back in school she did she did have the ultimate comeback fuck yeah like that i still i'll never forget like Pulling the the burn scars, or like the burn skin right? off. Right, that was so gross. That was so cool. Like, yeah, it was gross as fuck. But I was like, oh my god, it's working. The witchcraft's working. You know, <laughs> like such a shitty little kid. I was so excited. I fucking loved Dude, that. Dude, the ultimate part of that movie is at the end where they come up and they're like, "Do you have any powers?" And she like doesn't respond to them. And she's like, they're like, ah, didn't think so. And then she like fucking makes a storm come and shoots the freaking yeah. lightning at the tree. And she's like, yeah, bitch, I do. Yeah. What the, a little, badass. Watch the watch out for the weirdos like that's where that came from man that that's such an iconic yeah thing. we are the weirdos yeah <laughs> yeah um that i can't stand nancy though song yeah. new album yeah like, no, i've been listening to it a lot like like i i stopped listening to them for a little bit and then i'm, I'm back on like the white bat kick now <laughs> like that was so good i can't stay away oh, it's so good but let's get into the the vivich yes 2015 so, was it um, really that long ago? Yeah, came out? so... We finally just watched it. I, I will say before we get into these movies, um, these are the only two movies that Robert Eggers has out. Robert Eggers has out right now. Um, he did a bunch of short films before this, and I tried for a solid, like, 30 minutes online to find these movies, and everybody's... Like, there's, like, Reddit boards. Like, yeah, it's impossible to find any of them. He probably pulled a lot of them once he's made... Once he was established, he was wanting to say, this is my body of work. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems likely since they were like Hansel and Gretel Mm -hmm. and what was the other? Telltale Heart. Yeah, Telltale Heart. Um, So that kind of makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I I would have loved to see like him do like a Hansel and Gretel though, because I feel like it probably was like a little dark and twisted. But uh yeah, so I, I tried to find those. I couldn't find them. So his first movie, uh, first feature was The Witch. It got released in 2015. Um, I was actually surprised because I've never looked into him too much. Um, but he's like our age. Like he's like pretty young. And it might just be the fact that like we're getting old. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just have this vision for filmmakers that they're like way Could older than me. you fucking call me old? shut up <laughs> but uh, I, I feel that entirely um I, I i don't know maybe it was um i don't know i think about this a lot actually like why why because in my head 
people that are successful or at something that I enjoy are, are typically older than me. Yeah. And so I assume that any director I admire is going to be considerably older than me. But Robert Eggers is the almost like within months, I think, um, the same age as me. You stalking him, bro? <laughs> well, I did a lot of research. He's one of my favorite directors now. Yeah. And, research. Uh, I was like, holy shit. So yeah, I was, well, Siri, yeah, I was talking to the guy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, just admit it. I, I popped my fucking collar, did a bunch of coke, and then I was like, <laughs> yes. Don't be a Brad That's man. <laughs> Brad, that's the way to do it. <laughs> but, I was um, like, oh, Bobby Eggers, what's up? <laughs> Fancy meeting you at my dad's desk. But I, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool. I feel like um, for like modern horror right now, like the age that we're in, there's three big filmmakers. It's um, Robert Eggers, Ari Aster, and Jordan Peele. Yeah. Um, and I think it's cool because their movies are so different from each other. But they're also very similar in tone and, like, feel. Um, like, Hereditary, to me, has the same pacing, almost, and, like, visual direction as The Witch. Even though, you know, The Witch is a timepiece, it's... Hmm. That's an interesting take. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it might just be me. That's just my opinion. I, I, not everybody might not be... See, yeah, not I... everybody might... You get what I'm saying. They might not look at it that way, but well, I can see the, I can definitely see the parallels between the witch and Hereditary. Not so much maybe if you're gonna follow that trend, then the Lighthouse and Midsummer. Um, certainly not visually, but I was trying. I, to yeah, I would say the Midsummer and the Lighthouse are probably total opposites with like Midsummer's use of color, and then yeah. which is a, an interesting conversation on its own, and then. Um, Lighthouse's lack of color. Yeah, but it, it to me it's really like the pacing of the movies. Just that they're the the slow burn horror movies that have yeah. the build up to like a a really big finish, and that that's what I, I feel like that's it. becoming really popular. Yeah, now which like I feel I, like ten years ago people just wanted quick gore. You yeah, know and I mean? it's a so complete one eighty. I, I feel like horror is becoming a much more mature taste recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like there's there's more meaning to it than what's in front of you. You know what that, I mean? That's, that's been my my big thing. I think it was maybe why I admire those those two directors in particular so much. Well, fuck, maybe all three of them. I don't know. I feel like Jordan Peele is a bit more commercial in his approach than maybe those two yeah. guys. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like watching like The Witch, Midsummer, all of them. It's like watching like it's like watching a small independent, but like with the budget. Well, I think though. they're all released. I think they're all on A24, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they're but, all the same film company. Yeah, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like somebody who has, like, it's very original ideas. And, right. And it, but it has the budget of a big movie, which mm-hmm. is nice, because a lot of the times you get these great ideas from indie um, directors, and they don't have the budget to maybe do all the visuals that they want to do. And, like, visually, the two movies especially that we're talking about today are beautiful movies. Like, if there's nothing else good, like, and I'm not saying there isn't anything else good, but, like, if there was nothing else, at the very least, you could say visually these movies are very appealing. So what I have to praise with it, too, is the fact that these movies, um, and it's it's all all three of these filmmakers that I'm talking about still, um, they've all got such a big following because we're very much in, like, an age right now of remakes and reboots and... And slap this name that. on it so that it has some recognition. And these were completely original new ideas that Thank just that Jesus. blew up. Yeah. 
and as something that I want to see more of moving forward. Well, I think that we will. I think I think that this is the direction that horror is heading in right now. Mm -hmm. I think that we're heading in this more slow burn, mature, deep thinking, like. I think reality is is that horror, and I think we talked about this in the last episode, horror is reflecting society right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that right now we're moving in this direction where people want to open eyes. And I think that that's what these movies are out to do, is to open your eyes into thinking more than just what's happening on screen, what is the actual meaning of everything. Yeah, um, I, I actually, uh, at the convention we just went to, I went to... Victoria Price, the daughter of Vincent Price, she, she did so a whole, sweet. she did a whole like, um, like, I don't know, presentation where she talked about like Vincent Price and his life and everything, and she did a Q and A at the end, and somebody asked the question of if Vincent Price was still alive today, if she thought that he would embrace horror still with what it's become, and she said absolutely because she said to her she thinks horror has come full circle because it's gone. It's very story-driven, like it used to be, and it's starting to rely a lot on visuals and everything, and it's starting to kind of turn back to its roots. Mm -hmm. So she said absolutely that she thought it would embrace it. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I was done. I feel like, um, or I think maybe that's why I'm drawn to those two guys in particular, um, is because I'm a a big Hitchcock fan, Mm -hmm. and... um, there are a lot of Hitchcock or Hitchcockian elements. In Hitchcocky. Hitchcocky. Ah, Hitchcocky. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to patent that phrase. Hashtag <laughs> Hitchcocky. Um, but there's a lot of that shit. Like you can see Hitchcock vibes for sure in in all uh, all four of those movies. Well, I think even in addition to that, just old Hollywood, like. I- and I'm not going to talk about all the movies when I talk about this. I'm going to specifically because, like, visually the lighthouse was stunning. Yeah. But, like, literally the lighting was like watching a Universal movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, right? Oh my it God. was like every time they showed that spiral yeah, staircase, yeah. I was like, this is Dracula. Yeah. Like, you know, that's how, like, the contrast, like, how did they get such perfect contrast, perfect focus, perfect everything in such a dark scene? I just, like, am watching it like, oh, what is I'll the science behind you, this? I- little bit about uh, i don't know about that particular shot but i'll tell you how some of that shit was achieved and it was old universal techniques so when they're at the dinner table and they're you know there's like a little lamp burning between yeah. them so they that was like the brightest incandescent bulb that you could get and to where um pattinson's that you couldn't see. He said it was practically like doing the scene by himself. You couldn't see Willem Dafoe or anyone else for that matter. And he's just fucking acting. And so they had to make it that bright so that it would expose this black and white film. Uh, Dude, I I cannot go on enough about how, like, that, it's just so well shot. The whole entire thing. There's not a, there is not a, a single scene i will say that with confidence not a single scene that was not beautiful to look at the mermaid vagina I mean, how the, beautiful was that to look at well, the, scene, like, the scene was still really good it was just like you weren't expecting a vagina on a mermaid like ariel I, didn't have I, one yeah he's the most beautiful most attractive mermaid vagina i've ever seen <laughs> 
Have you? It's the how only many, one I've how seen. How many so. have you seen? Yeah, <laughs> that makes one. <laughs> well, so, then it's definitely the best. But, one out of one is a high score. Yeah, we'll talk in depth about that. Um, Let's go back to the witch. Well, yeah, I, I do want to say though, um, talking about both movies together. Um, one thing I will praise him on Robert Eggers is his commitment to having all of this stuff period accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, like the dialogue, everything. And I know that a lot of people complained about both of these movies because a lot of times like it's kind of hard to understand what they're saying, but to have them, but to... that's important to what the movies set. Exactly. In. And like, you can tell he loves period pieces. His next movie is going to be a 10th century, like, Viking revenge film. Oh, I'm fucking watching <laughs> yeah. that shit real quick. But, um... I love Vikings. Um, he may actually get to do Nosferatu, by the way. Really? I'll definitely yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Nosferatu. I remember they announced that a while back. That's Let's a... talk about so. the goat. <laughs> um, Black... Oh, my what? God. Black Phillip. Black Phillip. Yeah. I had a goat that looked like him when I was a kid. That explains a lot. <laughs> but He's a uh, dick. I I want to. I'm kind of curious. I'd like to ask him. He might have said this before. Um, but I'm curious to how he writes his films. Uh-huh. If he writes them in like normal, like modern dialogue, and then goes no. back and like. No, no, not at all. No, he said. Uh, so I only know all this bullshit that I'm rambling off as fact that I've known my entire life because of the, all the, um, like as we discussed. I started de- um, was stalking Blu-ray <laughs> Yeah, well, stalking the motherfucker too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that helped. Um, yeah, I don't know what a Blu-ray is actually. I've just been stalking this man for a couple of years now. He when just you, sits when you at look his over, table and talks in old English. When you look over his shoulder in a coffee shop every day, and yeah. you get to see what he's working on, you you really he get to know him. Like that, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know proper English. <laughs> no, um, so he's. In the Blu-ray, like all the special features, that's that. Seriously though, that's why I started. I gave no shits about collecting Blu-rays, but I wanted a, a handful of movies. Um, both of his were included in that list, mainly for the special features and shit. And he was talking about how he read tons of um, books from that time period, and that motherfuckers just talk like that. And so he's like, well, you, you know, you have to if you're gonna do a period piece you have to be true to that period yeah, and that... Like accurate exactly um so yeah like I, he just wrote it that way and he um he said i think his brother did the first draft of the script yeah he does work with his brother a lot with it that's sweet yeah share yeah, the wealth pretty... you know he actually um i watched an interview with him the other day do they look and like he's not his i didn't watch it with his brother i just want to make was... sure that brad's stalking the right guy <laughs> uh <laughs> So, um, he actually said that with the lighthouse, um, cause they have the seagull, the one-eyed seagull in the movie, uh, he actually didn't want to like put too much of that in the movie because he didn't want to have a repeat of the witch where like Black Phillip was such a key piece of the movie. He didn't want to have another animal and just have like a different animal that's a key piece of the movie. And his brother like really pushed and convinced him to do it. So finally he's like, yeah, all right, like. I love Black Phillip. I don't think he was doing anything wrong. Well, I know that he was very cautious, too, because they said the goat was extremely difficult to work with on the set. That's what I'm saying. Goats are mean. Yeah. I got attacked by it, like, daily. 
They're notoriously difficult actors. Yeah. No, they're just difficult living beings. You were going to say humans. Fucking assholes. Hey, I'm sorry. I'll tell you uh, real quick a story about my only goat story. Because I don't have a lot of experience with goats. You should definitely adopt some goats because they teach you a lot. Well, we're on a waiting list. I'm working on it. Um, (laughs) So when I was a kid, though, we had a couple goats like at the we had some land and so my parents wanted goats um were they cute not at all they were fucking just plain ass shitty goats i don't know if like they weren't like cute like kids like baby goats you know Uh, i had baby um, goats and then i raised them to big goats did you kill did you kill the goats no well one did die his name was thumper and i was really sad oh well that doesn't count (laughs) he was gray and he had a little white snout so my dad I saw my dad punch a goat square in the head. <laughs> uh, not because he was just abusing animals, because he had horns to me. He did. He was a big billy goat, mm-hmm. and all the feed was kept in this little like shed, like a building, right? Like it was big enough you could walk in and move around, but it was a fucking like storage place. And um, my mom had gone out there to feed like the animals, and so she's dipping feed and all this bullshit. And then we're like my brothers and I, or my brother and I are playing out in the yard, my sister and my dad, you hear my mom like yelling and like screaming, like she's scared. And so my dad goes running into the, um, the fucking storage shed and this goat has like, he would, if you left the door open at all, this big billy goat would push his way in and like rear up like black Phillip on his hind legs and come after you to get the feed. And my mom was scared shitless. And so my dad like drew his attention my mom got out, then the goat started charging <laughs> charging at my dad. I'm watching all this as a little kid, like, this is awesome, you know? <laughs> and he's like, what else can he do? So he just he fucking punches this goat in the head, <laughs> like, so <laughs> I feel like goat, the goat like, was probably down. just real mad after that. No, he was so calm. <laughs> like, I don't know if he gave this goat a concussion or what. <laughs> no, dude. Okay. Got up. Like, all right, man, we're good. <laughs> and that was it. It's probably like a dominance thing. Can I please tell my goat story? And then we'll be done, I promise. Oh, my God, tell your goat story. Okay. Yes. So I didn't own the goats that I took care of. It was my dad's best friend, and he had, like, a pen that had, like, maybe, like, five baby goats and a couple female goats. And then he had a separate pen that had, you know, the giant horned big goat. And I would go with my dad to his friend's house, and they would, I, they taught me how to take care of the baby goats, like, and feed them. But they would also always let, like, I'd be walking around chasing chickens and shit. And they would let the big goat out to attack me. <laughs> so what I ended up starting to do is, like, spar with the goat. <laughs> so it would run after me with its horns down. So I would, <laughs> I would headbutt it. God. Does that explain a lot? Yeah, I would headbutt the goat. We'd go, like, horned head. That explains a lot. Everything is <laughs> starting to make a lot of sense. If you do not believe the story, you can call my mom and dad right now, and they'll tell you. I no, believe I'm you. I Like, how badass my dad is now, if you're fucking headbutting a goat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think your dad's badass. I was, like, fighting for my life. I was, like, ten. <laughs> and, like, what else do you... They would purposely let it out to fucking attack me. Like, my parents are sitting back eating popcorn watching me run from a fucking goat. That might be child abuse. They've done worse. <laughs> or goat abuse, depending on how you're looking at it. Yeah. I mean, 
The goat seemed like he was having a good time. So, alright, the witch. Now we're done with the... Black Phillip, please. Um, Goats are mean. Yeah, so this movie, I put off watching it. And we I, we talked about it when we did our, our previous episode on, like, the last decade of horror. But I put yeah, off watching this movie for so long. Um, I finally put it on on Netflix, like, a month ago or so. Um, and I was instantly drawn in because... I went in and I'm like, all right, like I know it's gonna be a slow burn. I'm just gonna have to stick with it and see what happens. Um, we're getting into spoiler territory now, but pretty much right off the bat, a fucking baby is killed and mashed up, and I was like, what the fuck? Did they really put this in a movie? <laughs> so I, I was wondering about that actually with spoilers on this. I think the witch is okay. Probably the lighthouse. We should give a beat um, for people to catch up. Because I know a lot of people probably didn't see the lighthouse in theaters, yeah. um, but the witch is on Netflix. It's been there for a while. It's been. If you haven't watched, it's your own fault. It's been out for five yeah. years. Yeah. Like um, uh, we'll talk about the the lighthouse a little in depth, but we won't go into spoilers as far as like a story. I don't understand the story, so I don't think I could spoil it if I tried. Let's go. We can. Well, what we'll do for the lighthouse is we'll like talk general, and then we'll give like a spoiler warning. So if people want to turn the episode off at that point. We already got the play. Seem fair. Spoiler warning: vaginas. Yeah, <laughs> we already there ruined the mermaid vagina. There are mermaids yeah. and there are tentacles. Okay. Um. So or yeah, I, I I was instantly drawn in. I'm not a sicko. I was not like, oh yes, baby murder. No. Um. But it was just very. I was very uncomfortable instantly. I was like, oh fuck, they're but it going was, there. It was so eerie and. Colin, I know that you would, like, kind of amp the movie up a lot um, when we were talking about it, and you're like, everything, like, the atmosphere, the music, everything is just so eerie, and I was like, he was 100% correct, because everything is just so unsettling and just off the whole movie. Yeah, I think that's uh, where he really shines, is um, putting you out of your your typical viewing experience, making you feel uncomfortable the entire time. Uh, yeah, so the baby was just gone. You saw something move in the edge of the wood line. You know the movie's called The Witch, so you can kind of assume, all right, maybe there's a witch. You never once are going to assume that this baby's going to be mashed up in front of you. Yeah. You know, like, that's... And, like, the rubbed baby. all over her naked body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and not, not like... Like a, a young hot version of this witch just like an an elderly woman like it's it's the most uncomfortable there's nothing sexual about that shit that was satanic as fuck mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like that that was how god i don't i don't know like i actually so, read um online that the satanic church praises this movie for its accurate depiction of witchcraft and satanism and they actually regularly show the movie in the church well Well, that makes me not want to be a satanist so (laughs) well no i don't think satanists modern satanists really mush up babies and shit that we know of (laughs) i uh comparing this to the white house a little bit just really quick um it's interesting how what made both movies feel very unsettling to me were complete opposites. So for this movie, it was really unsettling and eerie because you just have this vast open, it's just like woods, there's nothing around, and it's just this big, empty, endless 
You know, there's there's a few shots of there's the overhead. There's trees. It's not yeah. empty. Well, there's no people. There's nothing around. And it's just... If, if you've ever been outside in the woods at night or, like, just in general, you know how terrifying when it is. When the raccoon is there. So... Well, one might call it an ocean of trees. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> that's a good example. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh... That, that's what made the whole thing feel unsettling to me is kind of this almost like hopelessness. And you get that towards the end of the movie because um, what leads Thomas and the main girl to eventually make this deal with the devil is that she loses everything and she has nothing. She knows that she could walk to the nearest town and maybe even starve to death on the way there. It's just It's kind it's of empty. a bummer though because like everybody was just kept calling her a witch and she wasn't even a witch at that point. Yeah, so... That's what it, was the most beautiful thing to me. So Why was that? That's, like, oh, that's so, so sad. Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah. So, so there's, that's what made the movie feel eerie to me. Now, The Lighthouse, it's the complete opposite, and it makes you feel uncomfortable. Um, it's purposely shot in, like, one to four ratio, whatever the ratio, four by three ratio. I don't know uh, ratios, but... 19 to... Um, like an old TV? Yeah. It's shot in a square. Yeah, um, it's and they, 19 is what the. Yeah, I, I know that it was like weird dimensions, but um, it's it's, it's purposely is purposely shot that way to invoke feelings of like claustrophobia and like they're close together, like every scene, everything's really close together, and it they uh, Robert Eggers did that on purpose to make you feel claustrophobic, so. You have one movie where he's feeding, you're feeding off of this vast openness, and then you have the next movie where it's everything's close together and claustrophobic. So they're opposites. Yeah. Got it. And there's no Satan in the second one. Got it. <laughs> so yeah, they're the opposites in that regard. In that regard, but I, I totally think that um, that that's like kind of his thing, whether he's wanting it to be or not, is that you have you're completely surrounded by. I was, I was kind of making a joke, but like an ocean of trees. Yeah. And then you're surrounded by an ocean of ocean. Yeah. There's they definitely something have kind of isolation. cutting you off. Yeah. yeah. You're isolated. Yeah. And the animals, of course. And I are. guess in, at the at the same time, if you think about it, it all ends up being insanity. I mean, like the witches, they're accusing her, the, like she's being accused of being a witch. And it's like, no, she's not. And they're like, oh, yeah, she's, she's a witch. Mm, no. Like, you know, there's... There's, I don't know. So uh, to make I'm this movie, tired. to make this movie, Eggers did a lot of research on like Puritans and um, the belief of witchcraft. This is actually kind of inspired by uh, in the 1630s, which I think is when the movie takes place um, before the Salem witch trials, like the first wave of the big fear of witches. Um, he did a lot of research on it and. There's there's instances of sin in the movie, which lead to the family's downfall. Um, I watched some like YouTube videos explaining it, but the dad is banished for his pride, which pride's a sin. You're just staring very blankly at me, so I'm. Feeling... I'm listening. Okay. I'm just like, <laughs> um, I understand that pride's a sin. Yeah. Um, Too much pride is. A sin. Yeah. Um, so that was his downfall at the end. Um, the brother, Caleb, is lured by lust. Uh, lust. He sees the young witch, and there's also the part where he chokes up 
the apple, which is supposed to be the forbidden fruit of Adam and Eve. Um, the mother, um, I didn't catch this when I watched the movie, but it explained it in one of the YouTube videos I watched that the mother explains to the dad at the end of the movie that, um, the baby wasn't his, that it was born from an affair that she had. But I don't remember that happening in the movie. I didn't notice so. that. Yeah, so I don't... Well, you know, you gotta remember that the language is really weird, so maybe we just didn't understand yeah, what Yeah, so said. if you're listening to this episode, don't hold me to that. I watched this movie once, and it was like a month ago. Uh, oh, but, well, I've, I've seen this movie a shitload, and I, I still didn't notice that. I'll yeah. uh, back and watch it again. Yes, fact check, please. It, it could be false, but... He saw it in a YouTube video, I saw it so in a YouTube video. Right. Everything I've ever seen on the internet has been correct, so... Sure. Yeah. It's you versus the internet. <laughs> Brad the internet. Um, yeah. So uh, another thing with Puritans, um, throughout the, uh, so Puritans believed that separating the daughter from the mother would have you bring bring someone closer to God, and that's why in the movie they're talking about selling their daughter to another family. Um, that's that was com- that was completely normal in Puritan times. Uh, and it, they did that so that the daughter would be closer to God. So that was kind of paralleled in this movie because it's at the end of the movie when she kills her mother and is separated from her mother that she becomes closer to God, but it's actually the devil. The dark God. lord. Yeah. Lucifer. Uh, the old goat guy. Yeah. <laughs> dark Philip. Black Philip. What is Black, his Black Philip. Black Philip. What a, yeah. what a name. That's like a title. That's that's a, the coolest thing. I, I loved. God damn it! Man. That's why I loved everything about that movie so much. Is because they tell you what's going to happen. They tell yeah. you what is happening, and then you don't believe it. Just like you're following this character, so you don't want to believe it. So of course you don't. Then here's all these things that they've been telling you the whole fucking movie just happened. And like, yep, yeah, no, we told you this is it. It's just like and, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> Yes, dude. Like it's that's it's a fucking art piece. Like it, it's so. I'm get I'm getting worked up because of how much I enjoy this movie. Oh, you're good. Maybe it has something to do with the the way I first saw it. So my daughter and I, I like to take her to go see movies. Um, we don't go as often as I'd like, but we we try to get us as, as often as we can. So that was one of the ones we saw, and we saw it on a Sunday, Saturday or Sunday morning on a whim I didn't know much about this movie I was like oh that trailer looks creepy we'll go see this and it was just the two of us and this one old lady who for all we know could have been the fucking witch <laughs> she was the one with the mashed up baby blood on her so he could have been when, uh, when that part freak. when that part happened was she like nodding her head like yeah she, she turned around and her hoofed hands backing <laughs> against the no, no, no. But, like, so we saw it in this, like, really, you know, like, unique viewing experience, right? Um, there's one other lady, like I said, and she didn't give a shit about it. She was just, like, zoned out watching a movie, whatever. I don't know. But every, it was, like, the perfect conditions for watching a movie. You know, it was nobody reacting except for us. And so there was no, like, laughing. Because I've heard a lot of people hated like all the when black phillips started talking they hated that they said it was like cheesy i loved every single bit of it and i think I, it was 
was I was good. waiting for it. I was like, please don't talk. Please don't talk. Please don't yeah. talk. And then he talked, and I'm like, all right, it's it's not as bad as I was expecting, but I wish he didn't Wait, talk. normal ghosts don't talk? Well, when you have a concussion from headbutting them, you might start hearing them talk. I think that's the thing, though. I think normal demon-possessed anything talks. Like, in film, you like anything possessed by a demon, you get like some sort of vocalization from something, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's not like the goat talking, it's the demon within the goat talking. It made sense for the movie. I just have a bad taste in my mouth of animals talking since I went to the theaters and saw Drag Me to Hell. And the goat in that movie talked, and I'm just like, please, about that. please, so please don't, please don't. We got movie tickets thanks to that viewing. Yeah, but um, they, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. It made sense to the movie, and they still made it an eerie moment. It's not something where it's just like, all right, this got stupid real quick. Not to the, me anyway. The sound design when they when they had the goat talking, the sound design was perfect. They mm-hmm. they they vacuumed everything else out of Black Phillip speaking and that's what like you're hearing inside of thompson's head and that was fucking genius man it's really cool i think that's right isn't that the girl's name thompson, yeah yes i always thought that i like the whole movie i'm like why the fuck did they name her thomas and she's he's like it's thompson and like <laughs> that's still a weird name um i i I didn't know what to expect going to the movie, which is cool. Like, I was able to avoid some spoilers for all this time. Um, I thought going in, I I had heard different things. I felt like I I thought that she was a witch the whole time and was playing the family, and that wasn't the case. Um, I also, for some reason, I was thinking that it was never explained whether or not any like witchcraft stuff was actually happening but it was legitimate and it was just like the family's fears and they were going crazy but it, it was yeah a pretty straightforward everybody died pretty yeah, straightforward that's, movie. that's what i loved about it it's like you it, it was straightforward but in the opposite way in which you see a straightforward movie like a horror movie play out i feel so, like the weird things with these movies is i feel like you don't like there's no real connection with the characters though like because they're just kind of like you can't relate like to they're, it. They're, yeah. It's like almost emotionless. Yeah. It's weird. So I, I, can, I will say that they can be... I can see them as unrelatable to a lot yeah. of people. But I definitely felt like a connection to... Did you relate most to Thomason? Has your goat talked to you into signing a deal with the devil? Well, that's between me and my goat. So. <laughs> Fuck. Um, we'll never know. Gray, gray Charlie and I have our own. <laughs> they always have to start with a color. Yeah. That's a rule. But, yeah, no, I agree with you, Colin. It, it was really straightforward, but it was it was enjoyable in a way where, you know, like when the kids are chanting in the beginning, like, Black Phillip, Black Phillip, and they're doing, like, the rhyme, and they're saying that Black Phillip talks to them and stuff, you're like, all right. They're getting manipulated by the devil. And then when you see it finally play out, like when um, it's, yeah, when Caleb's dying and he starts saying the prayer and they're all saying the prayer and the kids won't say it and they start freaking out and you're just like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, it's satisfying to, like, well, so, and I don't want to jump to Ari Aster because I actually thought maybe we could get on that at some point. Yeah. Like, it's on a separate thing, but 
that's what I loved about Hereditary so fucking much is that early on here's the movie they tell you in dialogue and you don't notice it until the end of the movie and you're like oh I knew all this mm-hmm. and it's like just given to you but it's not even it's not even that it's a trick it's just so unbelievable that like well this like it's unbelievable that it would actually be the devil inhabiting a goat inhabiting this girl and a fucking witch in the woods and not just some crazy woman so when it actually turns out to be the devil it's like this most mind-blowing fucking thing because like oh shit they told us from the beginning that it's the fucking devil and it's a fucking witch but you don't believe 1600s puritanical religious beliefs so it's all bullshit to a modern audience you know yeah Cool. I agree. You guys want to rate the witch? On a scale of one to ten. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> sure, buddy. Colin, I'm gonna let you go first. Oh man, I'm gonna go anywhere between a nine and a ten. I, I you know what? You have Fuck. to make a definitive answer, my friend. Definitely a ten for me. I loved everything about it. Okay. Dylan, your turn. Um, I'm going to give it... See, it's hard because I don't like handing out 10s. I'm trying to think of something to take points off for, and I really can't think of anything. I really... I Like I said, I'm. it's really hard for me to commit to sit down and watch a slow burn movie. I know that I'm going to enjoy it, but I just have to be in the mood to watch it, and... I sat down, I put this movie on, and I was like, I'm going to zone out. I'm probably going to turn it half off halfway through. And I was completely 100% committed to this movie. It was eerie, and it, was, it wasn't it was jump scare scary. It was just unsettling and mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah. Um, I personally, just because, and this is nothing against the movie, and it's the same thing with The Lighthouse, and really any slow burn movie, I don't foresee myself ever watching it again um eh. you just don't like that pace yeah which is fine it's allowed yeah it's a little chunk of time you're committing to not being like hit hard every you know like few minutes yeah i'm gonna give it I'm going to give it an 8.5. That was so dramatic. Such a dramatic... I really had to think about it. I mean, it's not... To me, it's not like Evil Dead level. Well, like, what, totally, I, what yeah. I reserve my, my tens for, you know? I understand what you're saying. But it, it's great. It's one of it's one of the best movies that to come out in probably the last... I'd even say, like, 30, 40 years. Um, Damn. Yeah. Yeah. 30, 40 years. Yeah. Okay. Since the I 70s. Mean, and you only gave it an 8.5? Dang. <laughs> that was really high. You probably should have given it a 10. That's like a really big, like... Just give it a 10, Dylan, because you can't say that and then give it an 8.5. Give me your rating. <laughs> so, I'm definitely not a slow burn person, but that's just... I think that really happened with me with, like, getting up earlier. I can't stay up late to save my life so slow burn movies are so hard for me to get through just because I'm so exhausted by the end of them um I think that this director has a beautiful um he has a wonderful ability to tell a story but there's always something about his like both these movies that just fell flat for me a little bit like it's 
and I was trying to figure out what it is, and I think it's just that, like, it's like, like I said before, it's like, there's no real emotion, I don't feel like, like, I understand that they're Puritans in this movie too, but it's like, they're still family, so you think that there would be some type of emotion coming through, but it was like, very like, emotional. like they all hated each other. Yeah, yeah, it was like, there was no, like, family dynamic there at all. It just felt like, uh, they're dead. Uh. The baby's dead. Everybody's dead. It's cool. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it, there, there just wasn't, like, a realistic connection that I saw. Um, but the goat gets a lot of points because he was cute. Hmm. I'm going to give it a seven. Damn, that's pretty good. I didn't expect you to rate it so highly. Yeah, I, was, I don't dislike I was waiting the, for, like, a five. I don't dislike yeah, the movie, good. but, like, this, like, I felt the same way with The Lighthouse. I felt like, like, there's, like, a connection that's missing. And I think it's probably just the style that he does that I just, maybe I don't just, it's just not my style per se. But I, I mean, like, you can't deny the the beauty of the movie. You can't deny how well it's shot. And, like, at the end of the day, like, visuals are, visuals and in a, in a, in a story is going to get more It's points. an art film. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, it is. And if you can view it as art, regardless of like little complaints it'll still get a higher score like i mean the story still makes sense though yeah um, yeah so that makes our average an 8.5 the imdb average is a 6.9 well uh, that's because yeah. well you th this is why though modern audiences are not looking for films like this typically yeah oh, and yeah. i i noticed that um reading some reviews for the lighthouse uh not to skip ahead too much but um reading a lot of like people's complaints with the lighthouse is like man why were there black bars on the side of the screen that just ruined the whole movie for me and just so, like and i'm like really like yeah what? well you also have to think <laughs> is that people are now that are like teenagers now were born after those tvs existed so they yeah. probably sincerely did not realize that tvs that size were made yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it sounds dumb, but it's true. <laughs> Alright, so let's jump into the lighthouse. What we'll do is we'll talk um generally about the movie and okay, then we'll give a I've got this. We'll we'll give a spoiler warning for like. I won't give anything away. Yeah. Let me talk about this movie. Two dudes work at a lighthouse. The Green Goblin and Batman are sure. on yeah. an island together. <laughs> the old green go the Green Goblin from what toby mcguire movies mm -hmm. and batman the most recent batman who hasn't even come out as batman yet we like to remember him as he's still in the closet yeah he's been in tons of things but most notably the vampire movies twilight yeah yeah but that's not important we're not talking about that <laughs> so, he's much better than that so uh real quick there's a scene in the movie um this isn't like spoiling anything really but uh robert pattinson's character he's drunk and he just starts dancing and singing at the top of his lungs. And before we started watching the movie series, like, this is going to cement to me whether Robert Pattinson is going to be a good Batman or not. And that scene came on, and I looked at Sierra and I was like, he's going to be a fucking great Batman. <laughs> yeah, he is, dude. Holy I'm, shit. I'm, I'm, he's I'm a really good actor. He's yeah, a good he actor. Is. Like, I know, like, everybody likes to pick fun at him for Twilight, but it was like he was young and, like, I'm sorry if somebody offered me a ton of money to do a bad movie. Guess what? I'm gonna take it. Um, if I'm being quite real, I'll sell out like a motherfucker. 
But yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, if you need money, you need money, man. Like that's the end of the at the end of the day. But I, um, so they are supposed to be at this lighthouse working it for a few weeks. The boat doesn't come because of a storm. They get trapped there and they slowly go insane. So. Yeah, well, I guess we can't do too spoilery. <laughs> it's so hard because, like, oh, there's and then so ready? Many... Wait, hold on, ready? Spoiler mermaid vagina. <laughs> we already ruined that. Did part. I do good? That's, yeah. So Everybody let's, clap. So let's talk. Um, we'll, we'll talk about a, a technical aspect because, um, like we said, it's shot using techniques that they would film, like, the old black and white Universal movies, all the old. Hollywood Anything pre nineteen sixties was black and white, so um, we'll go with that. It's a one point nineteen to one aspect ratio for anybody yeah, who gives yeah. a fuck about it. Yeah, I knew it was I like a really weird. weird. So when you put it on your your widescreen TV, guys, it's gonna have the black bars on the side. It's that they're supposed to be there, and you know, if you zoom it, you're not gonna get the full picture. Yeah. Um. So I. My dad would zoom that in. <laughs> um. So it, the movie itself looks fucking beautiful. Like Sierra said before, there is not a single shot in the movie that I wasn't like, oh my wow. god, this is great. There's a shot, it's in the, there's a whole scene, it's in the beginning of the movie, where um, Robert Pattinson's character, he starts walking into the water. Oh my god. And gosh, like the yeah. light's reflecting off the water and stuff, and it might be like, it might be in my top favorite movie scenes of all time, and I just watched just this movie like yeah. three or four days ago. It's beautiful, yeah, it it's is, yeah. Perfectly executed. I feel like this movie breaks all movie rules for me because, like, I literally just said it with the last movie is like visually, if it's good, and if the story has to make sense. This movie, the story could have been jack shit, and I still probably would have loved it because of how visually beautiful it was. It, it was kind of jack shit, I'll say that. Like, I, but I loved it. The I acting was phenomenal. The acting was... The acting was amazing. It's amazing acting I think I may have the ever The story seen. was just, like... And the story had, like... Like, if I... I just rattled off the story, and it's like, okay, they get secluded, they go crazy, cool. It gets weird. It does. Uh, yeah. Sarah, I think that is what the beauty of it was for me. It that it gets weird? Well... It's a little yeah, freaky. No, but, no, the first thing you said, like, it's two guys that get, sec get secluded... Mm -hmm. And then things go weird. Like, they go crazy, or whatever it was you first said. You know, like, there was a few moments where I was like, they gonna kiss. <laughs> right, like... So there was I a moment where they grabbed each other's face, and I was like, fuck! I love when they were like, it, that part happened, and then they jump back and like put their hands up like they're gonna fight, and I, when that happened, I was like, yo, I ain't gay! <laughs> yeah, that, that's what they were, yeah. But, like, that's, that's... You can do any... The rules don't apply when you set the story. Like, alright, two guys... Are going to go stir crazy. Yeah. You can do fucking anything you want. Well, like that's and the thing. That's... It's like at night. It's funny because like during the day they fucking hate each other. At night they're like best bros. Mm -hmm. Every single night they get drunk together and they sing and they carry on. They almost make out once, <laughs> and then fucking Robert Pattinson has to get all pissy that Willem Dafoe gets the fucking light. Yeah. That's that's really the issue is greed in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we'll get into that with, like, spoilers, because I looked into this movie, and Colin, you probably already know, like, what I what I found with it, but it made me appreciate the movie a lot more, because watching the movie and, like, the plot for the movie and everything, I was kind of just like, alright, like, it... 
I like this one better than The Witch. It's kind of there. But, um... Tentacles. I do have a... I've really thought about it, and I, I there's something that didn't feel right with me, with the movie. And I think what it might be is... When you watch these old black and white movies, um, like the old Universal movies or anything, they're very tame and they're very straightforward. A lot of them don't really have too much depth. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are ones, obviously, like um, Cat People, was it that we watched, where I it had this whole like um, feminist message behind it and everything. Like, there, I'm not saying that there's these movies aren't smart or thought out or anything, but. I almost well, they were feel made like in a different time where I would have I would have preferred the White House if it toned it back a little bit to where it didn't have all this like explicit sex and it it stayed masturbation tru- and it stayed true yeah because when <laughs> yeah but I said when, it the lady said it when I, when I'm watching like a 1930s 1940s movie it's very tame and it's very enjoyable and it. It's almost it, lighthearted. It's, it, right. It's very lighthearted. And then you put all these themes into this movie that's trying to have a feel and a look of a classic movie. And those parts just took me out of that completely. Like, yeah, 100%. so I get that. I absolutely get that. But I... So you have to know if we're, if we're picking up on those things, like, all right, this is sucking me out of this a bit, then you have to know that a director of Eggers' caliber is assuming the same thing, assuming that's going to happen. So I like to go into a story like that thinking that everything that I'm experiencing is intentional. And that, uh, and maybe that's not the right way to do it either. Maybe that's just a, like a flaw in the way I view things like this. Um, because I think I may, if it's a director that I really like, I'm a bit predisposed to enjoy the movie. Yeah. Or at least find a way to enjoy it going into it. And so anything that was jarring, I'm like, ah, that's that's fucking cool that he did that, and not like that's sucking me out of this. You know what I mean? Like, so because you, when you, you watched that scene with Robert Pattinson fantasizing about the mermaid, you were like, it's kind of cool he did that. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so what I liked about it was it was incredibly uncomfortable, and uh, it like I so I've seen this movie a few times now and one time like uh that scene came on as my kid came in i was like oh god i'm trying to like find the fucking uh remote it's like awkward as fuck (laughs) yeah and i was like you son of a bitch like how just how brilliant is that to know that like imagine watching it in a theater you don't know anything about this movie you know well not much next to some strangers that's right Mm -hmm. and then fucking edward cullen's beating his glitter dick off <laughs> it's uh it I was actually, filmed very well though i actually read online that um one of the like first cuts of the movie had a scene where it shows the like the white house and then it like fades and it's robert pattinson's erect penis oh wow, wow. And they ended up cutting it after, like, the Cannes Film Festival because it got a lot of backlash or something like that. <laughs> That's really, like... But could you I, imagine, though, being, like, an actor and being, like, so now you're going to jack off and I'm going to film it? So, um, it... Oh. It really... That, that was really my, my only complaint, is it 
to me it almost felt like it's sh- like two different movies at times yeah. because you have um, day and night like i mean like that's really where the switch was yeah uh, you like you have the moments like the very beginning of the film where it feels like a classic movie 100 percent, and then you have those explicit scenes and it kind of just very modern yeah and it's very modern and it kind of drew me back a little bit from it well, like, I, th- I feel like this movie would have been just as successful if they made it... Like, I feel like it became to a point where it wasn't any... There, to, to a point, it wasn't that these guys were going insane. At a point, it was, like, kind of, like... This isn't realistic. Like, they're seeing mermaids and tentacles, and... It just got weird. Like, I liked the birds. I thought that was cool to have the birds in there and all of that. And, like, have him insane and, like, feeling like the bird is taunting him, essentially, to the point where he beats it to death. And then, like... We're, we're really getting into spoilers here. Yep. Right, so, since we've, since we've covered that, you're right. So, him killing the bird is what is the catalyst for all the weird shit. Mm-hmm. If you go back and look, he kills it, and that's what sets everything. Well, into and mo- and Willem Dafoe warns him. Yes, that's he so says funny. if you kill a seabird, killing a seabird's bad luck. Don't don't kill a seabird. Yeah. And like he got real mad about it. Sierra <laughs> said she. Sierra's uh, like, can we start yelling that when we're arguing with each other? Just starting like, it's bad luck to kill a seabird. <laughs> where were you guys on the humor in this movie? Because oh, I, I fucking I- loved it. So, um. I I'm, I really just want to call spoilers because there's I I really want to dive into the movie. Um, it's a new movie. If you haven't seen it, turn it off. Okay, go. Yeah, I would hope that knowing that we're covering the I mean we do spoilers every episode, so I'd hope you'd watch the movie before. But um, put it in the title. All right, so spoilers. When the whole the whole scene, my fi- probably one of my favorite parts of this movie, um, when Robert Pattinson said he doesn't like the cooking. Oh my gosh. And yeah, Willem Dafoe puts the whole like curse on him, and then like at the end he's like, "Your cooking's okay." <laughs> like, <laughs> and I like your cooking. Yeah. <laughs> that was some of the most beautifully executed scenes I've ever seen in movies, man. I love that. It, man. That was so perfectly done because as soon as they started, I was like, "All right, at the end of this conversation, Pattinson's gonna give in," but I didn't <laughs> honestly expect that to happen. It, it like went so, from like zero to a hundred you know and then back. You know what reminds like, okay. me of that scene is like a husband and a wife bickering. Yeah, like that's, that's essentially the dynamic that these two had is like, yeah. like Willem Dafoe cooked, but like Robert Pattinson was a little house bitch. Yeah, he was like swab the floors, like they're still dirty every yeah, fucking day. The poor guy played with that dynamic a lot and it was really fun. Um, and the fact like well, when. Defoe says, I seen you Spartan with a goal. I laugh my ass off every time I've heard him say that, and I've watched it like a few times now. I don't know, like. Willem Defoe's just great. The part where, uh, the, to, to go back to like the acting, like how great the acting was, um, I read that Robert Eggers said that whole speech that he gives during the cooking scene, like the uh, Neptune strike you dead, like that whole uh, speech that he gives. Yeah. He, um, that was all shot in one take. Wow. And he said, Willem Dafoe did not mess up a line. And he did not blink for over two minutes while delivering that line. <laughs> I wish I was Willem Dafoe. He's my hero. So, um. Would you still love me if I was Willem Dafoe, Dylan? Don't do this to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah but it, it was great. And, uh, 
you really see the lengths that they went through because majority almost all of the weather in the scene like the bad weather and stuff was actually like when it was torrential downpouring and storming it was actually doing that and they were actually going out and filming these long days like in pouring down rain no nope nope there is not no worse feeling than wet jeans (laughs) but um that would be amazing to get to do that like one or film something like that so one thing i didn't catch on to that i read later on because i watched an interview with robert eggers when he's talking about the movie and he said pay attention to the seagull and go back and watch the movie and you'll catch on to things and i wasn't gonna go back and watch the movie so you youtubed it i looked it up uh so the seagull that's taunting robert pattinson has one eye right the at the end towards the end of the movie um robert pattinson he's pulling up a crab trap and he opens it up and there's a severed head in there which you're kind of led to believe that maybe um willem dafoe's character killed this like his past lighthouse but it keeper. turned out that wasn't it robert pattinson who admitted to murdering someone yeah well we'll get into that but uh that that head had a missing eye and um, Willem Dafoe's character, when he's warning about the seabird, he says... Rizzo was his name. Yeah, he says, don't kill a seabird because it, they'll take your soul. So it's almost like supposed to be that this seagull was the soul of the old lighthouse keeper that yeah. was almost warning Robert Pattinson. See, there was I a part where he that... knocks on the window three times and there's like the whole group... Um, myth of like three knocks means death that doesn't make sense though because robert pattinson killed that guy well maybe it was his good that was was, you're right uh, on your first take dylan that was uh that wasn't the guy pattinson killed that was his old lighthouse keeper it was robert pattinson it's the guy that held his position prior to him yeah so robert pattinson did uh he didn't kill a guy but he watched a guy drown and stole his identity so his name wasn't actually with Efren Winslow or something like that. He just stole that identity and that whole backstory that he gave. It was the same thing. It was Tom. Thomas. Mm -hmm. Thomas. Didn't Um, they both have the name Thomas? Yeah. yeah. So what's what's interesting too about this movie is you don't know anything about these characters besides like little bits and pieces, but you really... And like I said, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. I don't remember which one said it, but it said it like you get to a point where you don't know who you're rooting for because they both just seem like shitty people. <laughs> well, even at the beginning with Pattinson, you think that like he's the good guy, yeah, uh, but he's yeah. sneaking around in this fucking house. As soon as he gets a second by himself, he's like looking around and digging, trying to open that like cabinet, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. locked. Like probably a bunch of shit he shouldn't be doing. Yeah. He's a little shit. He didn't want to do the work that that helped, made him earn the position. He just wanted the good position from the get go. Yeah. Work so, your way up from the bottom, my friend. So I'm gonna. He even contr- told him he'd be great ca- lighthouse captain one day. Yeah. Just not at his lighthouse. Um. So I'm gonna contradict myself a little bit. Um. I I don't I don't like it for this movie, like, for the direction that they went. But I do like the themes that you get like the glimpses that you get of them going crazy from isolation so all the sexual parts and all of the you know back and forth with Willem Dafoe and everything they were well done and I think it was a pretty good interpretation of 
how crazy you would go just on this isolated island. Especially when raining like that. Yeah. So the themes were explored well. I'll give yeah. it credit for that. It's the tentacles and the mermaid that just like made it weird. Like I feel like if they t- they could have even left in all the freaky sex shit, like that's fine. But the mermaid and the tentacles just killed it for me. Like it was like ah, this is a cartoon now. Well, it never really explains either if um, that was in his head or like what was going. It on It was with in that. his head. I mean, mermaids yeah. aren't well. You're, you're definitely seeing like through the through their points of view yeah. right so you're, you're seeing their psychosis um this is what you're experiencing yeah. for me what you're experiencing as the audience is like what you're going through it along with these people from their own points of view mm-hmm. and so yeah you see like like i fuck it's it's, it's like even a, a separate layer when pattinson saw the tentacle being dragged by and Fuck! I don't know. He's Defoe's up there banging a kraken or what? You know, yeah. you know, like he's not doing anything. He's just you know he's up there maybe going crazy himself, naked. But Patton seeing him in this like jealous insanity of yeah. like he's wanting to be in that position. Well, um, he thinks he's keeping something from him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah man. I I mean, yeah, it's all a bunch of fucking. Well, I, I feel like not not to be pretentious or like sound that way at all, but I feel like this is one of those movies that like the same way we interpret classic movies now, like this is one of those movies that people are going to be writing like college essays and theses on like yeah. years from now. Well, like the, that's the thing is that I think Robert Pattinson's insanity, like he went insane, but he also apparently had some serious sexual frustration going on there. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Fucking mermaids and shit. Yeah, and it's all explored through that. And um, the coolest thing about this, like I said, I, I wanted to get into it, um, is these characters. The whole story was based. Um, I found two different things, um, but it it says if you look it up that it's inspired by true events. One event was um, three lights, three lighthouse keepers went on this island, and when the ship came to relieve them. They were gone. They had disappeared. There was no trace of where they went. There was no signs of like a struggle or fight or anything like that. It was just they were gone. Nobody had no idea how they got off the island, where they went, and it's I guess one of the biggest unsolved mysteries there are. Um, and then there's another instance that I found that people said, "Oh, it's based on this," and it's um, a guy. These two lighthouse keepers went on this island, just like in the movie, and one of them died. And the other one lost his mind from, like, isolation and just being by himself on this island. Um, the characters, though, uh, Robert Eggers, again, he went back, he did research, and he based a lot of this stuff on Greek mythology. So um, that's why you see the mermaids, and they have the split tails, um, because they're based on sirens, which lured men, had sex with them, killed them. So he's like... But they were just drunk pirates. They weren't real. Like, you know, he's. He, I think he had said, like, yeah, the classic... Like, the mermaids that you see now, like, Disney mermaids and stuff, where the tails are connected, like, you can't thrust with those. Like, they can't fulfill their duty. So that's why he had gone with that choice. But um, that aside, Willem Dafoe's character was based on Proteus, which... Um, 
in Greek mythology, he was like a very knowledgeable. In some iterations, he's a god of the sea. Um, in some stories, he's Neptune's son. But he was basically someone who had vast knowledge of the oceans and the seas, but wouldn't share them with people. And that's where his character was based off of. Robert Pattinson's character was based off of Prometheus, who stole fire from the gods and was struck down for it. Um, and you can see that in the movie. The lighthouse is meant to represent Olympus. Mm-hmm. The light is the fire that he stole. And then him And died. his greed, he went up to this lighthouse, he stole the fire or stole the look at the light. And he was struck down for it. And Prometheus's punishment from Zeus was he was tied to a rock and birds had to peck out his insides for like the rest of his life. But he was immortal. Where Robert Pattinson's not immortal in the movie, but he suffers the same fate. So hearing and reading all of that after watching this movie, I was like, holy shit. That lines up pretty well. Like, that made me appreciate this movie, like, 20 fucking times more. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think it just shows, like, it's genius. And I, I'll say, like, in general, I was impressed that both of these movies impressed me as much as they did. Because um, with Ari Aster, I, I want to do a whole episode on that, but I loved Hereditary. I hated Midsummer. I don't, really? don't want to say hated. I really disliked Midsummer. Um... Jordan Peele, I really like to get out. I did not like us at all. So Robert Eggers He's to be the in winner. That, yeah. To have, you know, back to back movies that you're enjoying. You go, dude. I feel like I'm being so quiet. I'm just tired. I might just be talking a lot. <laughs> oh, it's, it's good. I think you have a, a solid point. Like, like, uh, both of these, both of Eggers' films, I really liked. I, I think out of all of them, well, no, I don't know. Fuck, man. So The Witch and Hereditary, I liked more than The Lighthouse and Midsummer. So far. No, see, I like the, the White House way better than I like The Witch. Yeah. Mhm. I think I liked how visceral um, The Witch was, which you couldn't get. I mean, there were certainly visceral elements to The Lighthouse with the weather and the fucking all the weird jerking off and shit, but. <laughs> A lot of it, because of how stylized it was, is you couldn't feel. It didn't, you know. It obviously it didn't feel as real, right? Mm-hmm. So watching like you know you're watching a story instead of being involved in a story, right? Um. So and maybe that's and maybe it was because I was so fucking tired when we started watching it. Like I sleep <laughs> the first time I was watching like toward right before Defoe got naked. And, like, I woke up to that, and I was like, what the fuck is Why that? is he naked? <laughs> I never wanted to see that. I, I will say with The Lighthouse, I feel like it could have been shortened a little bit. Um, obviously, like, you know, it's so, Eggers vision, so uh, yeah. who am I to say, man, make your movie shorter. Like, he made it what he wanted to make it, but... I, I, I found myself getting a little bored towards, like, the middle of it. And I checked, and I'm like, man, we still have, like, over an hour left of this. Maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that was, uh, the pacing was a little there for me, too. That's why, but, like, I just, I know that I woke up, and my wife was like, dude, if you're gonna, 
you're gonna have to watch this again because like <laughs> it's, it's it's fucking weird. Yeah. And then I well, when I I bought it Sunday and watched it that day, I think it was Sunday, and um, she wouldn't watch it with me. She's like, nope, no, nah, I don't want to see that again. It's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> That's very peculiar. There was That's some... another one too, where I I don't think I would watch it again. I I honestly. I feel like I would watch The Witch again before I watch The Lighthouse again. I'll, I'll totally watch The Lighthouse again. It is, you, you said earlier about how, like, classes and stuff, dissecting it and analyzing it, and, and maybe, I'm sure some film classes will, but I know it's certainly one that I will break apart in my own mind, you know, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a lot of depth to it, and even it... I had said to Sierra that I was interested in like diving into this movie before we watched it because I, I've I heard a lot of mixed stuff about it, but I know that uh, we have a lot, and you too, Colin, because we've talked to you about it. But like, we have such an appreciation for like the classic horror movies, yeah. and it is a very niche thing. Like, not everybody likes to go back and watch these older movies. So I can under I was like, I kind of understand the mixed reviews of it so i was excited to go in and check it out and honestly like the commitment and the level that they of detail that they put into this movie to make it feel like it was filmed back then you even if you don't like the movie itself for the story or anything you have to appreciate that yeah so that was a big commitment. I think it was impressive that it was um, it wasn't any type of post effects, and that's <laughs> what's the most impressive thing to me is it was filmed on black and white stock. You know, like that's that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about with the lighting earlier, um, you have to pretty much overexpose everything to get yeah. shit up on black and white film stock, and so everything's it's just an extra layer of difficulty. But it also lends itself to well a lot of the I said there weren't that many but I mean there was a lot of visceral shit in this movie it was just in a different way than the witch but like with looking how haggard these people look these characters look right Mm -hmm. you wouldn't get that with a properly lit movie set they would look like pretty actors right you know unless you had some sort of effect on the face oh yeah well like and that's the thing i think they they successfully made the movie very gritty but like still so polished yeah it's it's hard to explain i mean the the movie is just like if if nothing else it is probably one of the best looking movies that come out in a long long time as that cinematographer that guy was yeah dude everything like it's it's just yeah, it's so well filmed, and it's just be- it's it's honestly like looking at moving like it's like f- photography. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like it's not even just like like each you could take any still from that movie, and it would be a beautiful photograph. It, it it's insane how how well done that movie is, and how focused everything is, and how crisp it is while still gritty, and like how contrasted it is whilst not being too contrasted, and it's just like like every. Every shot of that spiral staircase was just like I want to go into every abandoned building and, and take that picture. Yeah, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. I and like that's the thing. Like this this movie alone could get a ten on just how well it was shot 
take everything else out of the movie and just look at it. No music, no sound, no storyline, nothing. Just like look at it visually. It's gorgeous. Well, I'll say even like we haven't even talked about it, but the the sound was amazing too. Mm-hmm. And you had brought it up, Sierra, like at the beginning of the movie when they first get there. You're like you can literally hear like the whistling of the yeah. Wind you can hear the wind inside. through the through the cracks of the house and through the windows, because obviously, like I mean, it's an older, it's a very old building. It's fallen apart, but um, every time the wind blows, you hear it whistling through the the boards, yeah. and That's it's like foghorn, man. Oh, it's so cool. They actually constructed um, all of the buildings and the lighthouse for this movie. The lighthouses, um, the skeleton for what they made it for, it was literally just like wood and um, I think plywood around it or they might have used brick around it. But um, the people, like the locals of the area were trying so hard to keep the lighthouse there because of how much they liked it and kind of like a oh you know this movie was filmed here but um there was like safety concerns because it was it was literally made out of it was literally made out of wood so they had to tear it down hey so this is kind of interesting um jaron blasky who was the cinematographer Mm -hmm. um, was also the cinematographer for uh director of photography for the witch which makes sense but he has done primarily, no, exclusively, I think, just short films up until this point. Um, it looks like maybe, what was this? This Brain. man was gifted with Some, that at birth then. But that's what, uh, I mean, you gotta think that that's what Robert Eggers did too. Yeah. I don't so, want to hear about Robert Eggers right now. We're talking about this other dude. Yeah, well, he did, like, ex- I mean, there's a couple features, I think, but they were, like, really small indie films, features that he did cinematography for up until he got The Witch, and then now The Lighthouse as director of photography, which People is... People need to hire the fuck out of him for every project they do, because holy shit. <laughs> it's really pretty. It, it is, and it's, like, it's, it's almost weird, because, like, that's not standardly a way to describe a horror movie, like pretty but it it like this movie is just so beautiful it's so I, beautiful I that about a lot of the shit in the witch like mm-hmm. no yeah. yeah it's filmed beautifully as well it's filmed differently but it's beautiful mm-hmm. we've I mean, talked it, about that before looking at like the tree shots in the witch or any of the mm-hmm. horror shots how it's just like a, sh- a slow push in to this look sh- you're just looking at trees like big fucking deal but with the sound design it's the most uncomfortable thing to see is like a few seconds of a tree. It's really neat. Yeah. So let's read it. Let's do it. Colin, what you got? Oh, what, how did I go with the witch? I gave the witch a 10. Yep. I'll go eight, five. Okay. Sierra. No, you go next. I went last. Oh, yeah. Um, motherfucker I see it's hard because I liked both of these movies but I liked them for different reasons mm-hmm. um, I think visually as like I, I, I'll say the same thing with the witch though is it's very hard it's easier for me with this movie to pick out things that I would take points off for um, and it's mainly like I said before just like the more mature sexual and all all that stuff it didn't feel like it fit with 
the type of movie that they were trying to make. Even though it made sense with the story, as far as like the visuals, it didn't fit in for me. Um, I'll rate it a little bit lower than what I rated The Witch, and I'll give it an 8. See, I feel like everything this movie lacked was what The Witch had, and I think vice versa. Like, I feel like The Witch's story was a lot stronger than The Lighthouse's story, but visually I think The Lighthouse was a much stronger movie than The Witch. Even though The Witch was still visually appealing, this movie just... This is a challenge to all other movies coming out after this, is to like step up your fucking visual game, because it's just... It's just beautiful. It's just totally enjoyable. And even if you, you're not um, totally into the storyline or you're bored with the storyline, I think that, like, I'm one to fall asleep with movies, and I was just, like, just totally enamored by this movie. Mm. I couldn't look away because it was just so pleasing to look at. Um, this is... I think that this one's just winning for me because it was just... The, how well they did with everything from the sound quality to like it's the the deeper meaning behind it like mm-hmm. adding Greek mythology into the storyline and all of that it's so so cool just so cool and there's definitely weird shit that I didn't love about it but it just it stands out a lot more than the witch to me mm-hmm. so I'm giving this one an eight yeah. I think it's an interesting point you made, Sarah, that they're complementary to one another, which I totally feel that, well, it's, it's obvious with Ari Aster's films, which I know we'll get to that later in a different episode, but it's literally night and day with those films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't quite considered it with these two as being counterparts to one another. But yeah, there are a lot of things that, not that one's necessarily lacking, but one just doesn't it's like one perfects it though yeah yeah yeah, exactly that's pretty neat i hadn't considered that before i'm i'm excited to see anything else that he puts out because dude imagine an eggers nosferatu how cool that's oh my god it would be really i i i I feel that it would be very beautiful and while he's at it he can redo the the cabinet of dr caligari I so I feel like his Nosferatu, if it stays faithful to like the original one, um, and say he brings on the same crew that he had for the lighthouse, and it had, you know, they didn't have the sexual weird shit in it, and it just stayed the very deeper, true to the original yeah, movie. Yeah, that might be a perfect a movie. perfect ten for me. Not to amp myself up too. If much, he but. sees, if he hears this, he's he's gonna have to impress you. I don't think Robert Eggers will ever send it to, to this. him. <laughs> send it directly to his email. Yeah, we'll but, see. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a caveat though that I want it all to be super sexualized. Hey, next time you stalk make two him... versions of the movie, one for um, Colin over there. Yeah. And one for Dylan over here. Hey, next time the... you stalk him, can you ask him to check out this episode? That's only when he's Brad. Right now he's Colin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's not me, man. That's that other guy. Slide a slide a CDR disc to him at the coffee shop next time. Well, it'll be a mini DV, but I'll do it. <laughs> okay, Perfect. deal. All right, so uh, that's gonna wrap up this episode. Um, we want to thank you guys for listening. You can check us out on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Horror Haven Podcast. Uh, at Twitter, it's Horror underscore Haven. Um, download the Slasher app. It's pretty cool. 
Hey, real quick, I just did. Um, <laughs> and I have... Uh, let me look real quick. I'm so sorry. Um, 17, 18, something like that, friend requests. Like, <laughs> right like instantly. instantly. These yeah, people are in our community. So mm-hmm. do it. It's yeah, fun. it's really cool. Uh, I mean, it's it's really, like, there's a lot of movies that I've seen on here that I have never heard of. That I'm like, hey, maybe I'll check that out. That looks cool. Um, a lot of suggestions and everything. And Like you said, it's a cool little community. Nice. Yeah, that's it. Um, fun. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Take care, guys. Good night. Oh, oh, good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>